hit him to the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. And speaking of things, <laughs> we are live here on the spoiler room. And uh, we're continuing our hot Van Dam month. And we are, yes, dedicating this episode as well to the one and only JCBC. We love you, little guy. Uh, and speaking of JCBC, we have this is almost like an impromptu, like pseudo uh, old school Astro Radio Z uncensored because um, <laughs> the movie we're talking about tonight would have fit in perfectly with that podcast. And who, uh, you know, who was in charge of that? Well, he has returned to the spoiler room from parts unknown. He's taken a break from his very busy schedule as none other than Mr. Derek Carey. He is back with us in the spoiler room. How you doing, Derek? I'm wonderful, Mark. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here on the Spoiler Room podcast. Um, I'm not so sure this was the correct movie to bring me on, or maybe it was the absolute <laughs> best movie you could have ever brought me on. But I'm here regardless to talk about this this thing. That <laughs> this thing that exists. This thing. This thing that exists <laughs> called Desert Heat, a.k.a. Inferno. And there's a reason we'll talk about a little later on why the two different titles. But also with me, and folks, I just want to preface by this saying, I was going to record this last week and it was going to just be me. And then I watched this movie and I'm like, oh, I, I got to get these two people on my show if possible. And she is back with us in the spoiler room as well, direct from her tour around Sin City itself. Yes, it's the one and only Angelique. Hello, Angelique. How are you? Hello, I'm fantastic. So, <laughs> so glad you came and our, our recoup, you know, spending your recuperation time with Derek and I to talk about. Desert Heat, a.k.a. Inferno. Uh, we're going to talk about many things, uh, stars that crop up, as well as uh, naked butts that show up. Uh, <laughs> and since it's been a while, and Mario Dad is here. Yes, that's how he's titled. Mr. Derek Carey, please give us the synopsis of this interesting film. Well, Desert Heat, folks know it's not a porno that we're talking about tonight the movie's called desert heat uh, aka inferno is rocky director john avlidson's last film where he decided to remake yojimbo but instead took too many cues from another remake of yojimbo called last man standing by having jean-claude van damme be a down-on-his-luck drunk left to die in the desert after a group of asshole toughs shoot him and steal his 1949 Indian motorcycle. Danny Trejo, in one of a couple terribly racial miscasts in this movie, plays, plays his native best bud, Johnny, who saves JCBD and gives him a foot rub while a coyote watches. 
Then JCVD decides he's going to infiltrate the town where the Tufts live, inhabited almost entirely by elderly people. Pat Morita playing a Chinese man with a British accent for some reason. <laughs> Two young women and multiple gangs to take this mob down once and for all. Oh, and JCVD fucks a chick while answering the door for another chick. Who who also wants to fuck him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while, with his boots on. With his boots on. While an old lady watches, who's a religious old lady who worships snakes with her old... <laughs> God, yep. this movie. Who's also and, a drunk. Who's also a drunk. Everyone in this town does not... There's no water. This is a desert town. Not a lick of water in this fucking gimmick. <laughs> Nothing but fucking tequila everywhere <laughs> everyone just drinks straight tequila constant desert heat i you know it was one of those things like i said i started watching this and i just had to like okay i need other people to talk about this film because i can't sit and just talk it's one of those i knew very little about i picked it because i saw the trailer on youtube and i saw jean-claude van damme in a cowboy hat and i'm like okay there you go. <laughs> that's, that's all I needed. <laughs> I swore at one point, Mark, I had seen this movie. Like yeah. that cover, I remember that shitty cover for Desert Heat, mm-hmm. where it's just this bad Photoshop of him on a motorcycle driving in the desert. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that on the show forever. Turning it on for this podcast, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> never had seen this movie before. <laughs> me, me neither. What about you, Angelique? Have you seen this movie before? I watched it. I don't know if I saw anything. <laughs> Have you seen it before today? <laughs> no. No, no. And, you know, like you said, I'm recovering from, from a week-long trip in Vegas, and uh, I already didn't know where I was. And it made it a little worse. I mean, this is like the Howling 7 of Jean-Claude Van Damme's catalog. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. We only all we need. I actually to- said that while I was watching this. Amy, <laughs> my girlfriend Amy, was watching this with me, and I actually said, well, "Is this John Claude Van Damme's Howling New Moon Rising?" Yes, <laughs> it, it's that fe- is precisely what it is. It, it is in the same vein. It is the same vein. What I love, you know, because I hadn't seen it before, and this is one of those films where, no, folks, this isn't a good film by any means, but it. It's one of those you can't turn away because as you watch it, you think you have it figured out. And then it just more people pop up that are familiar faces in roles you would not want to see them in. And it just it goes everywhere and nowhere. And suddenly Larry Drake shows up as a as a heavy like. Or what about the dude from Taxi that shows up as an Indian bar owner? Oh, God. Yeah. We have both red face and brown face and (laughs) cowboy face. British face. (laughs) I'm like, you know, so you see Pat Morita, which makes sense because of what? Because the director directed Karate Kid. Um, And so Pat Morita shows up for in the cafe as one of the patrons in this town and like oh it's paparita and he busts out this british accent and you're like what 
I'm like, uh, on one hand, it's like <laughs> mad props for not falling into caricature. But at the other hand, I'm like, this is just surreal. And, and the old guy who shows up because Jean-Claude, after he gets his foot rub from a very young Danny Trejo. I mean, Angelique, was it surprised Danny Trejo shows up and he's like sans wrinkles? <laughs> Where is his ring? It took me a minute to recognize him because he he he's, he didn't have machete voice either. So I'm like, wait a minute, because I'm like, oh wow, okay, an actual you know Native American actor. And nope, nope, that's Danny Trejo. <laughs> Holy moly! But the thing is, we're sitting here talking about him like he's some baby face. He's 77 years old right now. This was only like 22 years ago. So he was still in his late 40s, early 50s. I know. But but I yeah. didn't I didn't recognize him at first, especially when we first see him, because Jean-Claude Van Damme's character, whose name is Eddie Lomax. Uh, <laughs> is it Eddie or Andy? Because they call him like three different names. They, they do call it's him. Eddie. It's Eddie. It's Eddie. Eddie. It's it op- this film opens as if you missed something like a like 15 minutes of the movie because it's like it busts in like you're supposed to know who he is with the narration about the coyote and he's in the desert and he's going to kill himself because he's an alcoholic and then these guys show up and end up trying to kill him and then yeah Danny Trejo's character is there but isn't but then he does show up <laughs> I thought he was a, a a piece of his like like an invisible like friend. I didn't think he was real. I thought it was just like he was a hallucinating, and Danny Trejo was like a spirit guide. But then later in the movie, he's an actual real person giving Jean Claude Van Damme a foot rub, and, and I just I'm like, what? <laughs> what? And they're talking about they're reminiscing about their days in, in Nam, I think. Or in the war, they were over somewhere. Um, I don't think they specified where. Uh, I, I I don't know, but the film just opened. yeah. There's there's this. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, there there's this town in like Sweden or somewhere that is um a replica of a real town, and it is essentially a real town strictly for people with dementia and cognitive issues. I think this was the pilot program. I think this little, this little town. And the, and the young and people are there, crazy people. And one lady who, like, and, and the young people and the young people are there to take care of their elderly. I get it. They're actually the caretakers of this. Town. Yeah. Well, because Pat Morita's character goes on about his Betty and how, oh, she he in fact, he asks uh, Eddie Lomax, he goes, oh, did my Betty send you because I'm a really good handyman. OK, let's back up. There's a scene in a he arrives to town. He tracks down two guys who have his gun. And are running a credit card scam on more old people who only old people apparently show up. And it's apparently near an alien UFO, like Area 51 or something? I don't know. It's just something with UFOs because these old people were there looking for UFOs and they get scammed by these two sleaze bags who are running this shop. 
and Lomax shows up and he ends up killing him. He con- confronts them about they have his gun because the guys who shot him took his gun. And so they have their gun on on a mount that says you will take this gun when you pry it for my cold, dead hands. Yeah. Um, and and Lomax dispatches Just these don't guys. Don't threaten JCVD with a good time. Right. <laughs> JCVD dispatches these guys fairly quickly and with no hesitation. OK. And then they discover this old man in the back who are, what was it, his uncle? He, he was the two guys' uncle, and he needed his oxygen tank, and he's not phased at all that these two dead bodies are in there. So then they send him over to the cafe for pie because this lady's pie is classic, and he gets there. And, and Angelique, he meets the only woman close to his age and what happens <laughs> the minute she sees jc um, what he, happens well i mean it's it's sploosh city i mean that's the only water they've had in that town in years <laughs> <laughs> i almost killed mark i'm sorry <laughs> you're absolutely right yeah no but she becomes a mess yeah she literally is like rape like like having sex with him with her her eyes like completely and he's just like (laughs) of course if you saw the gang members who were in the cafe earlier you can understand because we get a very blatant very direct not subtle commentary at all as they mention about what her they they make a comment about her uh her uh, uh anatomy and one of at least two direct penis comments in this film. No woman, and mind oh, you, there's yeah. only three in this entire movie. <laughs> three, and one of one of the women is the elderly snake handler drunk that you know is the peeping tom that we had talked about before. Uh, <laughs> both of the, the women in this town full of elderly people in the middle of the desert work at this <laughs> this diner and every last person that comes in says the most sexually crude shit to them nonstop. Yeah. Why they wouldn't have just left, I have no idea. There's no reason why they would feel that they were safe in this town of nothing but elderly people and gangs. Like, this place is lousy with multiple gangs. Why would you stay there? Well, There's had... no reason. But they get treated like absolute dirt. Like, well, they... the things that come out of these dudes' mouths are, is basically like, hey, I got... What was that guy? There was that one guy who, who said something. Oh, I'd like to clean you down there. And he takes out it in his tongue is like, yeah, it rivals fucking Gene Simmons. Yeah. It's just like, it's just crash shit like that. And... and it goes on the entire movie. Like, I don't get the angle of anything that happens at all in this movie coming from the dude that directed The Karate Kid and Rocky. Like, where the fuck did this movie come from? Is he, did he go through dementia? Was this the point in his career where his mind was going on him and he's just like, you know what? This is what reality is like. Because I don't think I think everyone was drinking that tequila while they were making this movie. Because it makes not a lick of goddamn sense. 
nothing in this movie makes a lick of goddamn sense. No, no, it doesn't at all. Yeah, I think the I think that was real tequila. It wasn't movie tequila like water. That was real alcohol. Everybody was. Look, folks, you haven't lived. And now, again, we're not saying this is a good movie. This movie has so many things wrong with it. The 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 vulgar direct commentary. In fact, one time at one point, one of the gang members tells the female gang member, "Was it you're going to have a tough time sucking my cock with a mouth with no teeth?" At some point, uh, and I'm just like, "Okay, we're kind of crass and directly vulgar, but those are gang members." Pat Morita. Okay, folks, Mr. <laughs> Frickin' Miyagi. Angelique knows where I'm going with this. Mr. I know where you're going, Mr. Too. Miyagi, in dressed my heart. all white, as a British gentleman. He's, he's dressed like Colonel Sanders. He's freaking dressed like Colonel Sanders. Exactly. Thank you. I was trying to, like, what is he? He's dressed like Colonel Sanders as... Uh, JCVD drives away in the truck to enact his plan to get the gangs to fight each other. Pat Marino leans in to the other elderly gentleman and states, and I quote, I bet he gets so much pussy. Mr. Miyagi. Joseph. Mr. Mr. Freaking Miyagi. And and can we say about the other gentleman, you know, Mr. Miyagi's dressed like Colonel Sanders. Yes. And, and talking like Uppity Charles from, from MASH. The dude he's talking to is wearing nothing but red long johns. The whole movie. Just a union <laughs> suit. The whole movie that, I mean, he's been changed to a lazy boy for God knows how long. And I didn't see a portable commode next to that lazy boy Mm-mm. you know the, all all manner of bodily fluids have been <laughs> spilled upon what is the probably the crispiest fabric this side of the mississippi <laughs> <laughs> just why I, why and the thing is he and uh pat marita's character uh what was his name um uh, I forgot what what name Pat Marita's character was, but um, oh, it was something. It, oh, it was, uh, Jubal, Jubal Early was his. Well, name. That's his name in this movie. Jubal Early is his name. Well, Danny Trejo's character was Johnny yeah. Six Toes. Well, we knew that one, but I'm glad nobody ever said his name because I would have laughed. The oh, they do. Entire they, time. They, that's that's a terrible name. They say it. They do. very very briefly. They they mention it. My once. name is Jubal Early. Yeah, I don't remember that man. And Maybe I was just too in. concentrated on that foot rub that Danny Trejo kept giving. Jean Claude Van Damme. I couldn't get over it. Oh, he was getting. He was he getting, was getting in between those toes, baby. <laughs> he was getting that foot rub good. I mean, <laughs> that coyote loved watching too. Coyote, he was... had that he had that mint scented lotion. <laughs> he, he had the lube and everything. He got the good good. <laughs> he got the good good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got Pavarita saying that we've got we've got old Mister Log Johns. Nobody's phased that uh, Lomax took out these two guys who were related to Long John's guy. Uh, They're happy about it. Yeah, 
but here's what got me with that seat in the cafe at, at Mr. Jubal early. After uh, they have eye sex with each other, uh, the, the girl behind the counter and uh, Reynolds, I forgot her, Rhonda Reynolds, I think her name is, uh, or yeah, Rhonda Reynolds is her name. Um, after her and uh, Lomax kind of have sex with their eyes, then, uh, you know, er- really comes up and mentions he's a handyman. Okay. Now, when I think handyman, who's good at, you know, st- tasks, you know, fixing pipes, fixing, you know, odds and ends, good electrician work. I don't equate with him with body disposal, but Johnny Lomax goes to Jubal and goes, oh, hey, <laughs> I could use your services. And the two go over to the other shop where he killed the two guys who are still there on the ground. And Jubal goes, ah, oh, well, these guys killed my dog. So I'm happy you killed them. And he kicks one of the bodies and, and Lomax goes, can you take care of these? He's like, Yes, I can. With a lot of saran wrap. <laughs> and he wraps these bodies in saran wrap. And he goes and dumps them in the ravine. Yeah, a spot of bleach. And- As if this is not the first time he's done <laughs> No, he's Dexter. Like, where does he come up with all this saran wrap? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's in witness protection. He, he could be. That's why... It's it's kind of like it is. This is Howling New Moon Rising. It is. These are all just misfit <laughs> people that wound up in the middle of the desert. They decided to build a town, and they all stay there. It's like Desperate Living, like John Waters' Desperate Living, where it's all the convicts that are staying in the it's middle Mortville. of the desert. I, I'm almost wondering if they are all ex-cons or current. You know, it, it makes you wonder because people take death in here, like. Like it's like at every day, like, ah, okay. You know, yeah, I'll take care of these for you, Mr. Lomax. No problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, and everything's like that casual. But talk about racial casting. Okay. It, you couldn't have just had Danny Trejo, you know, Johnny Six Toes. You couldn't just have had him be Hispanic. He had to be Native American. Yeah. Why not just have him? It's. There, it's like no one would quite. There was no reason for him to be Native American. But what's even worse is the heathens, because you have two gangs: the Hogans and the heathens. The heathens are the ones that uh, some of them are the ones that tried to kill our Lomax character. He goes to their club, the the club where they hang out, and. After he confronts them and in, in, in this really awkward confrontation, he he aces three of them in this wonderful move. What'd you think of this move, Angelique? The the old kick sideways <laughs> and shoot the three guys like he he like does this video game move. Yeah, he did like a pot of bourree and turned it into a barrel roll <laughs> while shooting a revolver cowboy style <laughs> like he, he decided in midair he was just going to go plank sideways and drop hard onto the dirt <laughs> it was the most awkward fucking thing i've ever seen i mean it got him behind cover but it was the weirdest jump and he takes out three of them and then he's got the others because they're abusing these two young uh ladies who happen to just in the bar at the wrong place wrong time so he rescues them after 
folks, this is the guy who shot Rocky and Karate Kid. Before he decides to help the ladies, we get a camera shot at their waist and below waist level as he looks at their skirt (laughs) and the focus literally goes in and out. So, you know what he's looking at and he decides, okay, I will rescue you. And then out comes, and I love the actor. Don't give me, I love all the actors in here. This is what was frustrating. Vincent Schiavelli shows up, but he's not playing a character you're used to seeing. He comes out with the worst Hindu accent in, oh my God. Oh, guys, what'd you think of this? What? It was offensive. It was. Yeah, extremely. Because I was like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) No. And then it just kept on. Casting was just lazy in this movie. It was just absolutely lazy it's like they got they had a stocked group of people and they had to try and fit them into these roles and just didn't take the time to even remotely and maybe the budget was super dirt cheap but it doesn't matter how hard is it to get somebody that's hindi or get somebody that's native to do these or get somebody that's british like (laughs) or maybe 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 don't make the character that particular race you know the right. it doesn't have to be called the bombay whatever you know well you Pat marita can 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 speak english right without a british accent you know you know i couldn't even i couldn't even tell he was supposed to be british until halfway through the movie i'm like wait is he trying to be british what is going on yeah well and the, the thing about the casting is there was no need for any of these people to be anything but what those actors were. There was nothing in this script that specifically said uh, that, you know, Vincent had to be Hindi for some reason. There, There was no reason for him have to be talking in that horrible accent. There was no reason for... Pat Morita to try to be British or Trio to try to be Native American. They could all have been their regular nation. Nothing in their nationality played at all into the, the very wafer thin plot that this film had. Well, if we were going to say anything about about that, Mark, I think Danny Trejo's character I never understood. This whole movie has this like theme of native american spirituality between Mm -hmm. jcvd and this coyote that gives him the focus and the direction uh to be able to you know enact his revenge and gives him the power of the the coyote and all this so that was for some reason that half-assed like you know native wisdom was permeated through this entire movie so his character there had to be a native character in this to to just put this ridiculously stupid angle in this movie it, but it didn't need to be danny trail that's just lazy yeah that's just yeah. flat out lazy yeah. and and funny you should mention you that. know i almost wondered go ahead go ahead angelique what were you gonna say did do, do, do these actors owe this director a big favor <laughs> I think John Avalon is just like 
he must have been blind or he's he's he went he was going through dementia or he was drinking too much of that tequila while he was making this he's like oh yeah that guy's native oh yeah that guy's a hindi so this will be a perfect Makes no sense this is this is a perfect time to segue <laughs> to this trivia that i looked up and and i love that the conversation went this way because i don't know if you read the trivia on this but it's very fitting for what we have just said in this first half hour because Originally, the original cut of this film that uh, John G. Avildsen initially intended for had more of an ambiguous and different tone with supernatural elements in it. Like in the original version of the scene where Eddie talks with Rhonda after Johnny dies, she tells him how that's impossible because he already died 10 years earlier. Danny Trejo said in one interview how originally his character was meant to be something like a guardian angel to Eddie. Yep. But that part of the story was some of the ones that were cut from the film. And why were they cut? Prepare yourself, folks. Jean-Claude Van Damme didn't like Avlidson's version of the film, so he went and re-edited the film and yep. cut it down to 95 minutes. Then it was He did that with so many movies during the height of his career. He yeah. went in, I believe The Quest is another one of those movies of his well, where he, he went that. and took well, he did, but he also kind of took over the edit, mm -hmm. I believe. Like that was supposed to be completely different as well. So th that doesn't shock me in any way, shape, or form. And it would make more sense because that's where I was confused most of this movie mm -hmm. is it plays out like Yojimbo does. You know, a man trying to get revenge for almost getting killed in a, in a small town and has to take on the mob that's, you know, taking over this town right. from the small people. And he gets his, you know, gets his revenge on him. But, but this, that Danny Trejo character did not feel like he was real. Mm -hmm. Like there were so many instances where that character felt more like a spiritual guide right. in this movie. But then there were moments where he was absolutely supposed to be real in this movie. And it just didn't make any sense. I was so confused by it. So that makes a lot of sense. And, and since we're talking about, you know, new moon rising, the original title of this movie Coyote Moon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would have made a little more sense than either one of the titles. <sighs> just slightly. Just slightly. Just slightly. Well, I mean, Desert Heat, it makes sense for that one scene where, you know, Jean Claude Van Damme's porking those two chicks. I mean, that, one of whom feels... was definitely underage. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was not 18. She was not 18. <laughs> yeah, because there's a scene, folks, where after he rescues these two blondes, after he decides that, oh, yeah, they look good enough because let's make no qualms about it. The camera angle and the way they shoot and introduce these characters. Yeah, he decides they're pretty enough to save. It's implied. So he saves them and they just decide to thank him after they have this conversation uh, in their own hotel room where one is showering, but she has half the curtain. Angelique, when you take a shower, do you have the half the curtain pulled aside so you can talk to your girlfriend? <laughs> well, okay. Um, 
I don't get to talk to anybody while I'm in the shower, except oh. if one of the cats decides to kick down the door. Oh. Uh, but but I sometimes do have the half curtain if I've yeah. got a movie on that I want to see a certain <laughs> scene. <laughs> you know? Okay, so- you know, I've I've half I've half curtained it before, but not you know. If someone was shower. in there with you, though, you know, half curtain, would you have cur- <laughs> Mark, 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 we all know if the curtain is shut, it's kind of like a steel door has been shut and no sound can get out of the, the shower. <laughs> you have to have the shower curtain open in order for any sound to get out. In order for, uh. yes, in order for to have a proper conversation, you've got to have the half curtain. you got to have um, a- well, because these two just suffered a traumatic experience, were assaulted, obviously. Well, we caught the tail end of it, but they were assaulted and being mistreated by these heathens. So JCVD <laughs> saves them and they're busy talking now in the shower, half open so the camera can get the shot of the one lady completely naked. And she talks about whether or not he's circumcised. <laughs> I mean... You got to know what's happening under those high-waist acid-washed jeans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this scene is the second best scene next to the the coyote JCVD, you know, Danny Trejo foot rub. Yeah. Um, that we haven't even gone in depth, and I'm a little offended that we didn't really go because, <laughs> I mean, Danny Trejo pours tequila all over, needle those pliers, and the coyotes howling in the background. Do they get Anyways. Just a masterful scene that I hope so. The coyote assists, yeah. The coyote assists in the bullet removal surgery. (laughs) But this, but the scene where the girl comes over to to repay Jean Claude Van Damme to thank uh, him for saving them. Yes, is literally hands down the second best scene of the entire movie because she walks in. She's only you know he's only in a towel because he was also cleaning himself. She walks to the hotel room. She's only in a ho- in a towel and he lets her in. He's holding a gun and she's like, well, I just want to say thank you and takes off and drops her towel. And he is in a cowboy hat, has a gun, a 45, and he whips off the towel and drops it. Of course, you get the band buns. You get the tight JCVD buns. Yeah. The way it's put together is hilarious. Oh, it's, it's and he like, has his boots on the whole time. <laughs> is this supposed to be a comedy? Like, I didn't understand. I never at any point understood don't, the tone of this movie. Don't try to choose the tone. I could never find a tone for this film. But, Angelique, we do get to see JCVD's very tight rear end. <laughs> I mean, yes. We do. <laughs> it wouldn't be a movie without it. Would no, it be a no. Sean Claude movie if his buns weren't hanging out? No, every it's 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 kind of like the scene in American Psycho when they take out their business cards and it's the sound of a sword. <laughs> Anytime he drops his pants, it's a samurai sword coming out. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, Mister Van Dam. We didn't know it was you. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes all a gal wants in a movie is to see a nice pair of buns. But uh, that didn't even save this one. <laughs> but you're right, Derek. That 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 scene is directed very comical. I mean, it, it's it, it's got such a great comical beat to where there's just the pause and he just whips the towel off. And it's just like this this intimate scene is just handled so comical. And then we have the drunk 
religious lady who is peeping Tom on them <laughs> for whatever who reason. the whole time for who also for the whole movie has been questioning whether or not uh Lomax John Claude was a rapist. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she was she was questioning whether or not he was a rapist and oh he you know and then until he compliments her hair and then she's like oh yeah. and then there's some more and then she's water. got the burning bush yeah <laughs> oh my god that whole scene she's outside watching them do it short of her flicking the bean she was into it <laughs> yeah she's drinking more tequila uh and she's watching what did going- she say the 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 god works in mysterious yes, ways yeah, or something like yeah. that <laughs> And then the other roommate shows up and she opens the door. And she goes, oh, I didn't know you're busy. He's like, it's OK. You're next. And she's like, oh, really? And Mark, we'll- you forgot the best part. <laughs> He's jackhammering her friend right then. Yes. Standing upright. <laughs> this isn't like he just like he he ends the sex session and no. walks over to the door. No, he carries her as she's being jackhammered. And he somehow opens the door at the same time. Well, he's he's Jean Claude Van Damme. He can do that. So. Mm. <laughs> he, I mean, he was Kumite in her. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "No, you're next." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And they close the door. Okay. And it's just like, no, 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 no. We need to see your ID, ma'am. <laughs> It's more like Kumale. Kumale. Am I right? Oh, there you go. Kumale. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, and never mind the fact that the heathens, these, these aren't the brightest gang members in the West because one guy claims he works for Hogan's and they immediately like, we're going to war. And they go after Larry Drake, you know, Dr. Giggles. Um, <laughs> just pops up. He just shows. It's like he's this drug runner. It's like, oh, okay. And yeah, it's it plays like like Yo Jimbo. It is it is confusing. It is convoluted. It's it's just wild. Then it turns into this whole the town rebelling against the gang. Uh, and and then he's a one man army because he has both gangs after him. Um. In this in the scene where they rig up a bunch of booby traps and I I don't even know what's going on in this third act. I don't it doesn't matter. None of it matters. There's a scene where Jean-Claude, you know, once he figures out what's going on and he decides to infiltrate the two gangs and they're you know, warrior style meeting at some rundown place and uh they're shooting each other up. And Danny, this is the scene that confused me because then all of a sudden Danny Trejo is there helping him divert the attention away from the gangs that are attempting to kill Jean-Claude while Jean-Claude drives off. And the the gangs physically handle Danny Trejo and throw him off of like a a two-story drop with a noose. And somehow he doesn't snap his neck. No, he doesn't. Like. this is where I got super confused about the Danny Trejo character because it just it, it never made sense at all. Well, no, because he's playing sniper during the conflict. The two gangs are fighting. And so uh, Lomax figures he could take both gangs out while he's got them all in one place as they fight each other. And he, they're blowing up things. And then he gives the gun to Danny because he decides to go on the ground and fight people for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> and so now, go ahead. Why? Why did 
Danny Trejo punch Jean-Claude Van Damme? Or did I hallucinate that? He punched him so he wouldn't be the one that would be on the mm-hmm. zip line. Okay. Instead, Trejo's character, and like Derek said, this is where it's confusing. Even if you go with the original cut of Trejo being some kind of guardian angel, he is manhandled by these guys. You know, was he like Clarence, where people can actually see him and and, and touch him? And that he hops on the zip line, so Lomax doesn't because he sacrifices himself. Which, if we go with the original cut and that he's more of the guardian angel, I could kind of see that angle. Okay. Because he doesn't care what happens to himself. But yeah, that's why he punched him. He punched him so he could go on the zip line. Then he gets captured by the heathens who do the whole noose neck thing. And I thought for a minute that maybe Lomax would do the old, uh, uh, you know, good, bad and the ugly thing where he shoots the rope, you know. Oh, could, yeah, as he's dropping. As he dropped, could it shot the rope? I'm like, that would have made more sense. But instead, Trejo is sitting there, you know, Six Toes is sitting there kind of flagging, and he drives in his motorcycle with plot armor, and he goes <laughs> and he gets Trejo from the rope, and they they drive off, but then he dies. Uh, Six Toes dies, but yeah, which is sad because as... Derek said, apparently he gave great foot massages. It's man. It it's, looked what great. A waste. It, yeah, it, I, I would have loved one of those Danny Trejo <laughs> foot massages. It looked like he really got in there. That is that whole sequence was weird at the beginning of the film when he <laughs> saves him. Like you said, he's got a needle those players that he puts tequila <laughs> on and lights on fire because that's sanitary. And, and, and he does it. some kind of chant. He does some weird chant and pulls out the bull. A coyote shows up. Just <laughs> a coyote shows up. Thank God, Dr. Coyote, you're here. <laughs> you're, you're playing right into my hand. I was hoping the entire podcast we'd just talk about Danny Trejo giving foot rubs. This is this is wonderful. I love it. Beep, beep, boo, boo, beep, boo, beep, beep, boo. Coyote MD. You know, Coyote Hauser MD. Because he shows up. And yeah, uh, Six Toes gives some kind of chant, which is at that point when I realized he's supposed to be Native American. Because before that, I thought it was just Danny Trejo playing a, a Hispanic gentleman who had fought with, you know, Lomax during the war or whatnot. Until the Coyote shows, and then he starts doing a, kind of a Native American thing, and you get the drums, the, all the cliche, awful tropes. And I'm like, Oh wait, he's supposed to be Native American. <laughs> and Mark, then he, let's be honest. Huh. Everything about this movie is just so thrown together. It is like none of it is really given any weight. It, you just go through the motions because it's a remake of a remake of a remake. You already know the story. You know where this is going. The only thing that saves this movie is just how zany and stupid it gets. Mm-hmm. Like. We were talking about the the old dude in the the red yeah. uh, underwear that just walked around. He's the best character in this entire fucking movie. The movie up until the point where we find that old timer chained to that fucking burka lounger is just a drag. Mm-hmm. It's like 30 minutes of this movie are an absolute fucking drag. And then he shows up and he's just a pissed off, ornery, you know, cussing son of a bitch. And if it weren't for his character, this movie would have been insufferable to sit and watch. Yeah. And after, I mean, as it goes along, the movie gets a little goofier and a little goofier. 
And that's the only thing that saves this movie mm-hmm. because none of the characters are given any weight. All of the toughs are just trash. Yeah. They're just like redneck bush latte drinking <laughs> trash. They, they really are just like second rate toughs and you you don't feel you don't feel any heat from any of them no and the movie ends in the way every jean-claude van damme movie ends everybody watches jean-claude van damme get beat up until one point he, he delivers a roundhouse kick to a motherfucker and wins mm-hmm. that's Every single movie that Jean-Claude Van Damme has ever been in has ended that way. So you're just waiting for that moment to happen mm-hmm. in this thing. So, I mean, if if I were to say anything for anybody listening to this, this movie is fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking terrible, but I laughed a lot at it yes. because it is just mm-hmm. so stupid. It is. There's so many instances like... Us trying to have this conversation right now, Mark, feels like we're running in circles because there's it, it's hard to like pay attention to this thing. It's just so bland mm. other than these little weird things that pop up that just are so inexplicable that they they shouldn't have been in this movie. <laughs> they, they and should. unintentionally hilarious. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, this would be a whole Veronica situation if we had a screening and Mr. Van Dam was there. We'd be in the audience howling, and he would storm off because <laughs> it's supposed to be a, an action film. Though it's it's deemed as a comedy action drama, so it hit like it three of the five oh. dra- genres: so comedy, action, drama, and it hits all three of those tones. Sometimes in the same scene, um, <laughs> Bill Irwin plays the Eli Hamilton character, and I will say, yeah, he really saves a number of scenes because he's just. This ornery old cuts about talking about bring my tank. It's like his oxygen <laughs> tank. That he brings. He's fun. He is so much fun. Uh, what's hilarious about the romantic person in this Gabriel uh, Fitzpatrick playing Rhonda Reynolds is she's barely in the film outside mm-hmm. of the as as Angelique. So very eloquently put it, the gushing scene. Uh, <laughs> well, and Jamie Presley's also and in Jamie this. Presley yes. barely, 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 barely in this, you know, as the other woman, because <laughs> as we had said before, there are three women in this entire town. It's it's the love interest it's Jamie Presley and the elderly lady flicking the bean outside of Jean-Claude's window, <laughs> which Jamie Presley's character, Dottie. I couldn't understand her relationship with the other the character Vern, who was Kevin. What like? I like. I almost I thought think they were related. I, I thought think that, that was, was like her brother or something. Yeah, I think it was. I thought. Yeah, I thought that that was his old lady, like in the gang or whatever. No, I don't think so. See, and that was what was ambiguous too, because at first I thought, okay, they're they're boyfriend girlfriend. That's why she's not all hot for JCVD, you know, because she's got Vern who is like dime store riffraff, uh, you know. (laughs) Agreed. All I could think of was him in Biodome the whole time. (laughs) Played by Kevin West. And again, names left and right of people you recognize. You're like, wait, they're in this? Um, Yeah, they have this weird relationship. I think they're supposed to be sister brother. uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> that's what i took uh, every i, so, I mean yeah. that first intro scene mm-hmm. made it seem like that's what was yeah. going on 
You know, it's just, it is. It's one of those films that's just fascin fascinatingly terrible to where you just, you're watching it going, I should not be entertained by this, but there, it's just so awful. You just can't shake your head and, and chuckle at stuff you're probably not supposed to chuckle at. Uh, <laughs> but you do. And there's action. And there's, I think on IMDb said there's a body count of like 15 and 12 of those are jcvd kills uh <laughs> in this <laughs> what gets me about this final boss act i'm like he he's been like super action hero guy this whole film like blam but he's been smart he's been taking out bad guys left and right bad guy gets the drop on him kind of and suddenly the bad guy and Derek, maybe this alludes what you're talking about before with most of his movies. Suddenly the bad guy gets to drop out and he starts kicking Jen Eddie Lomax's butt for whatever reason. When you know, you're like, how? How, how is this guy winning this fight? <laughs> there's, there's no reason. I don't even know. I watched that scene twice. I don't even know how he got the drop on Eddie because it looked like Eddie went to disarm him, but then he gets punched and knocked to the ground. And suddenly this, cause he's the boss. Suddenly his punches mean more than the other guys. <laughs> I, I did not super soldier serum. It had to be, yeah. he, he, he's a winter soldier or the desert soldier. The, desert soldier. He, the only way it makes any sense. Cause he's just a, just your, you know, he's a schmuck boot, character, boot licking redneck bar townie dude. He's nothing special. And they didn't know build up to that. This guy's supposed to be special. He takes out Larry Drake's character, his dad, Ramsey Hogan, um, at a drop of the hat. And OK, he's evil, but there's nothing to build up that this guy could go toe to toe with Eddie Lomax at all, who up until that point had barely a scratch on him. <laughs> Nothing, Mark. Nothing in this movie strength. makes a lick of sense. It it doesn't, and it is it is ridiculous. It makes very little sense. There's this thing with the bus driver, and they have this kind of sub subplot about the town drying up because of the interstate, <laughs> which then suddenly after this whole thing with the gang disappearing because we get a tabloid at the very end that the gang disappeared you know uh, and suddenly everybody's showing up because they think the gang disappeared because of ufos because that's what eddie lomax told the tabloid <laughs> this gang disappeared <laughs> and suddenly it's ufo central again yeah, where's Glenn Bittner when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Dottie rides off with bus driver to go watch Yojimbo because a wink wink. Look, we're talking about Yojimbo, though this whole time this movie is about, especially when he pits the gangs against one another. I'm just like, oh <laughs> just like <laughs> Oh, I, I see. Okay. I see where this is going. I, you know, and then there's the jet thing. What the, what the hell was with the jet thing? It, it had wanted a jet in the movie. 
where they shot this must have been near a, a U.S. military airfield because they kept getting buzzed by, by the jet. They were hunting UFOs. Uh, apparently. You know, the wonderful master, you know, this is our hero scene where Jean-Claude Van Damme's in his cowboy boots and cowboy hat and the jet flies over him. Whoosh. Maybe, maybe the secret to unlocking this, this is the little ramshackle town where all the UFO believers came during Independence Day. Oh. Right outside of Area 51. Yeah. So it is literally just a town of planters mixed nuts. <laughs> planters mixed nuts. That's wonderful because that, that describes this town to a T. Planters mixed nuts of <laughs> nuts. You don't know why anyone lives in this town <laughs> at all. It's, because it's, the thing is, there's no resource. Like... You know, they they milk these guys for protection money, but I'm like, they're a town in the middle of nowhere. How much money are you actually going to extort from these Yeah, three? they shook that one person down for like a buck. <laughs> Was it like a $1 bill he pulled out from behind the painting? Here you go. Here you, know? you go. <laughs> then the one guy's like, you're holding out on us. You gave us five bucks. I know you're holding out to us. So then they find in his pocket like seven bucks. Oh, it's... <laughs> Again, uh, town is lousy with gangs and elderly people. <laughs> but there's cocaine. But there's, it's got to be Area 51. This place has got to be Area 51. This is where be. all the aliens go. These people are all actual aliens is what it is. <laughs> They're, this is the this is a sanctuary for aliens set up by I, uh, by the men in black. Here come the men in <laughs> black. Galaxy defenders, um, and they're they're the aliens getting shook down by the human gangs. That's that's what it's, you know. It, I don't know what the budget was for this film either, but what what I found hilarious is you have all these known names, a known name director, and there's this one scene later on after Danny Trejo gives a wonderful foot massage to Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Yes, we keep bringing it up because, folks, it is. It's memorable. It's you. It was sexy. You wish it was your, sexy. You wish it was your feet being massaged by Danny Trejo. Okay, that's how good he's doing. You're just I, when I watch that scene, I'm like, oh, my feet are feeling good. Like just through psychological suggestion, Danny massaging Jean Claude's feet. My feet were being massaged <laughs> at that time. Um. But there's a scene later on on their deck where, you know, Lomax is recovering. And Derek, you're a filmmaker. <laughs> oh, boy. You've made films. The audio for this scene that they must have had one day to shoot must have been Daddy's last day. Windy as fuck. And you know how you know? That mic was catching every wind gust there was. Let's discuss how every single one of the stunt casts that were in this movie yeah. are literally in it for for like two, three scenes. Yeah. Like the dude from Darkman and, mm -hmm. and uh, what it was, yeah, Larry uh, Dr. Drake. Giggles. Yeah. Literally, they had him for an afternoon and yeah. a night. They just like... They 
they this had, them for had a day. to be extremely low budget. I mean, the most of the movie takes place in just like the desert. There was no location costs. These must have been a bunch of shacks that were just hanging out in the middle of nowhere. This movie is as dirt cheap as it comes. Having said that, still better than Halloween Kills. <laughs> Derek coming in with the hot take. Derek coming in. <laughs> Not with a hot that. take. True. Coming in with that. I haven't seen I haven't been brave enough to click play. Coming nope. in with that hot poker. Just watch, just watch Desert Heat again. <laughs> wow. Oh, Derek coming in with that hot poker. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's play a game. Guess the budget. Guess the budget. Angelique, guess the budget estimated for this movie. Five million. Derek? I'm guessing it's got to be at least 15 to 20 million just for JCVD alone for you, his budget. You cheated. 15 mil estimated was the budget for this movie. Had to be. His his fee had to be at least 10 million. Well, at this had to be at least like 8 to 10 million. At this point in his career, this is kind of like Canon. I mean, you could if Canon was still alive in 99, this would have been their film. <laughs> This totally would have been a canon film. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, because his other three films flopped, Sony didn't even have any confidence in this movie in the way they released it. Uh, well, they had to only watch it in order to tell how good this movie was going to do. <laughs> Just watch the goddamn thing. They they see it one screening. They're like, oh, fuck, bury this thing. Give it to, <laughs> give it to was that, that Apex label that was putting out horseshit oh, in the early 2000s. <laughs> Give yeah. it a lenticular cover and just slap it into Hollywood video shelves. <laughs> well, John Evlitson wanted his name removed from the film because of the tampering that JCVD did to it. Um, but so this is how they if let me find it quick. Uh, if I what? Yeah, here's how they released this film, because the first version done by the Rocky director people enjoyed apparently it got good test screenings and there apparently at one point at a festival it got standing ovation for his cut before jcvd did his cut and apparently there'll never be a director's cut because the guy passed away before but apparently he did have a work print of his original cut but it never got to fruition before he passed, unfortunately, because I'd be oh, that's, I'm going to look this up right now because I would have been fascinated to see the work print of what his original cut was, you know, um, it was but, a two hour long Danny Trejo foot massage. Dude, I, I'd be up for that. <laughs> I'd be up for that. I just <laughs> Danny Trejo's talking, just talking to the camera while he's foot massaging john claude van damme's foot i don't know for some reason i find that kind of zen like you know your hard day at work i think i'll just make a gif of that scene it's on loop kind of like those holiday log flames (laughs) (laughs) but is danny trejo just giving a foot massage and bullshitting you know (laughs) i want that to be my like a gif just him just grinding into that foot with the, with the coyote in the background. Yeah, the coyote, coyote has to come in every so often and just be like, 
10 hours of Danny Trejo foot massage and coyote. Uh, <laughs> apparently, so Sony Pictures picked up the U.S. rights to the film after its completion. They considered giving it a theatrical release through their TriStar Pictures arm. But after the failure of Double Team, Knockoff, and Universal Soldier Return, they ultimately sent the film straight to DVD. <laughs> it just, it went... It went right to DVD. They're like, yeah, no. <laughs> I can't question that decision. No, at all. I, I, I can't either because <laughs> it definitely plays as a late 90s, early aughts, direct to DVD film. That's exactly what this plays as. It 100%. Um, but yeah, so I think I think we've talked about this film enough. I, I'm glad I picked it, in all honesty. I'm glad I watched it because this is as i mentioned at the beginning of this episode this is just one of those films where you just you're watching it like a train wreck like you're just like are these people really in this doing this role in this film (laughs) (laughs) and yes they are and that's what's so boggling about it for me uh, Angelique, what what would you say the most boggling thing for you with this film? That they thought in any way, shape, or form that it was a retelling of Yojimbo. <laughs> I mean, last... it may be Yojimbo, but it ain't my Jimbo. Hey yo, made the Last Man Standing look good. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, this, this, the, the loftiness of their goals, I guess, there's just a sheer audacity is, to put aud- this, aud- put this out. Audacity is, I'm impressed that Sony ever actually released this. I'm surprised it just didn't venture into shelf obscurity. You know, one of those where it eventually just leaked out to the internet because someone happened to find it, you know, in some vault somewhere and just happened to leave. I'm surprised it didn't do that because 99 Internet was in swing. But this guy actually got a DVD release. So, Derek, your, your, your final thought with this. What would you say the most boggling thing with this film is for you? Uh, that's, that's a tough one because there's just so much cockamamie bullshit in this mm-hmm. movie. It, it's really... It, what the the most boggling thing was w- because maybe I wasn't paying attention to the opening credits at all was when this movie ended and the first credit was directed by John Avlitson and I was like my jaw hit the floor because <laughs> Rocky is one of my all time favorite movies uh, I, like I sure. watch it at least once a year mm-hmm. and. I absolutely adore that movie when this ended and his name came up. I was like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> this can't be the same guy. And it sure as fuck was. And, you know, per what you were trying to say about, you know, amazed that Sony would even release this thing. Remember, this was made in 1999. This was still when, you know, video stores were in full bloom. Mm-hmm. And you could put out a movie like this. That, what You said the budget was, what, 15 mil? Yeah. 15, 20 mil. Mm-hmm. You could probably make that back on the video rental scene. So 
I, I get why they didn't let this thing just languish. There was too many big names that they could exploit to try and get mm-hmm. people, you know, hoodwinked into watching this cockamamie mess. Um, it's it's a horrible, terrible piece of shit. But I gotta admit. We laughed a lot watching this movie. <laughs> Even the worst oh, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, I still have fun with to a certain extent. So it wasn't a complete waste of time like Halloween Kills was. <laughs> so I'll, I will watch Desert Heat any any day of the week. Um, but it, it, just temper your expectations for this one. This is yeah. definitely lower tier Jean-Claude Van Damme. It, this is definitely lower tier Jean-Claude Van Damme. I found entertainment in it. A- again, jaw-dropping, especially watching it in 2021. This this film literally feels like it was the director flicking his nose and giving the finger to any political correctness ever that was in the 90s. And it was it released in 99, but everything about this, just someone's going to find something offensive about it. Oh, well, it was made during a time that they didn't care about such things. Well, yeah, it was I in know. vogue to be able to sit and yeah. talk to people like like this in film and nobody gave backlash to it. It's, yeah. you know, it's uh, there were things with movies and with art where there are specific times that this sort of thing was acceptable. Mm-hmm. So to sit and look at it, we can look at it through the lens of 2021, but we can't really judge it. True based on that it was made at a different time just your choice now is to if you're going to watch it in 2021 having that knowledge that this isn't the most pc thing you'll ever watch so (laughs) it it is what it is it it is definitely what it is and if you want to see some of your favorite character actors in the most awkward of roles um this is the film for you (laughs) And there's some some explosions and action sequences. So, you know, <laughs> so we'll wrap it up here. I thank you, Angelique. I thank you, Derek, for taking a venture with me with this. This was just a film I could not speak about by myself. There, I needed other people to share <laughs> with, and I am glad you were brave enough to do this. And so now this is where I give you lovely people the floor and a license to shill. So ladies first, Angelique. What do you got to shill? Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can find me uh, at monstersmadnessandmagic.com. We've got a lot of stuff cooking over there. You can find me on Astro Radio Z. You can find me here. I'm he- I'm all over the place. She's You're going to ev- find me. Everywhere. I am. Angelique I am. is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot escape the Angelique. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> and we wouldn't want to, Angelique. Thank you so much, Derek. Aww. The floor is yours, sir. You got anything you want to show? Uh, not really. I mean, okay. uh, obviously, I, I run a podcast uh, sort of half-acidly called Astro, Astro Radio Z. Ass Radio Z. Astro Radio Z. Um, it comes out once a month. And I've kind of uh, moved away from doing a lot of this stuff. So, I mean... It, Stay subscribed if you want to. New episodes are going to be coming out for a little while. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of uh, just living life and enjoying uh, being a new dad and uh, taking day by day. So 
JCVC, JCVC. Yes. Uh, he was doing some roundhouse kicks earlier. Today. Oh, I bet he was. I bet he was. Your your kid is more adorable than any child has any right to be ever. <laughs> true. Yes, true. Oh my! If if he stays that way, you're in trouble. Because oh my god, let me tell you though, it gets him. It gets him away with. Us literally not sleeping. It's been oh, six months, almost seven months of no sleep. I thought uh, this was only supposed to last a couple months. This my, is some bullshit. My, my power to you, sir. Don't worry. That, yeah. that first night where you get the full night's sleep is like heaven. I've been there. Yeah. I've been through it twice. I feel you, brother. But, uh, you know, it's awesome. Thank you so much for uh, venturing out. I know you don't do this often. It's very big honor to have both of you on here. Uh, to talk about this really quirky film. So there you have it, folks. Yes, and Derek mentioned it. We will be talking about it this week as well. You got two episodes popping this week. We're going to be talking about The Quest as well. So stay tuned Ooh. for that episode for our final Oof. Hot Van Dam month. And next I'm glad I was on this episode instead of that one. <laughs> And next, thank you, Mark. Thank you. I know you like me. I, I know I you like me. I do. That's why I asked you for this one. <laughs> we we've got we've got a force month next month. Prepare yourselves uh, because not only do we do Delta Force, but we got a bunch of other interesting films with the word force in the title. Because I'm broken like that, and that's what you'll be getting. And actually, it was just an excuse so I could get finally someone to talk with me about Mega Force. So prepare yourself next month, folks. <laughs> for that <laughs> i thank you and i would just say a good night everyone good night good night good night you have been listening to a special mark productions production if you're looking for even more spoiler room content head on over to our patreon.com slash special mark productions site where you can join one of our reasonably priced tiers and get access to even more exclusive content speaking of getting access head on over to specialmarkproductions.com and click our new merchandise store link which will take you to our store where you can get some of that sweet sweet spoiler room merchandise and wear the logo of your favorite podcast there's also Final Cut and Special Mark Productions merchandise as well. All kinds of things for all kinds of tastes. We thank you once again, and remember, in the spoiler room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.